0: Hello, and welcome to the Cigar Cast, your weekly one stop shop for all things cigar related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're broadcasting live from Crown Cigars and Nails here in beautiful Brentwood, Tennessee, as always. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Edmond, and I am joined by Mr. Shane Reeves. Okay, here's the plan for the show tonight. I'm going to try to light
1: this cigar, and if this lighter doesn't work, we're going to sign off. That's going to be the end of it for this. You're going to be a match guy from here on out. I'm going to set this this building on fire so that I can light my cigar. I've had a terrible run of lighters lately.
0: What are you at about a month now that every cigar you've touched has just turned to 10? I don't know
1: what has been going on, but my lighter situation just has been abhorrent lately.
0: What, is, what has happened to the, the blowtorch you brought in here last week?
1: Well, it's, it, you, you tend to burn a little hot when you use, you know, that's really for making creme brulee. It's not really <laughs> for lighting cigars. Well, just dip the foot of your cigar in sugar next time. Then you'll be good to go. <laughs> then I can just have that nice glaze on my cigar. But speaking of which, cigar of the night, the one that I'm fixing to light up. I'm very excited. These just came into the shop last week. So the first time I bought this cigar, I had to buy three other cigars with it. Avo had a Flavors of the World pack, and that was the only place you could get the Avo Nicaraguan when they first come out. So I bought the four-pack just so I could get the Avo Nicaraguan, because as you know, I'm dedicated to Nicaraguan tobacco. I noticed that doesn't have an orange band. I'm a little concerned. <laughs> well, the Fogata does. Okay, there we go. And I'll, and this one, you know, I love this cigar. I'm going to enjoy smoking it tremendously tonight. But I do have a complaint. If you're going to call it the Nicaraguan, it should be a Nicaraguan puro. This is a Ecuador wrapper, it's a Dominican Republic binder, the fillers Dominican and the Filler is also Nicaraguan. So there's only one piece of Nicaraguan in there. Hm. If you're gonna call it
0: the Nicaraguan, shouldn't it be a puro? I would I would imagine it w- would be, but you know, it's you said the rapper's Nicaraguan? The well no, the rapper oh. is Ecuador. Oh, well then Maybe they're just going for the old-school flavors of Nicaragua without actually... It's like going to a really nice Cuban restaurant. You feel like you're there, but you're not actually... You're just experiencing the flavors.
1: Well, and also, this was Avo's first foray into the Nicaraguan market. Okay. So maybe they said, okay, just we'll dip put a... toe a, in the water. <laughs> yeah. We'll put a little Nicaraguan in it. We'll call it a Nicaraguan. Let's see how that goes. Hmm. So that must have been it. But I'm fixing to light this up. What are you smoking tonight? I
0: So I've I really like crowned heads er, and I've smoked a lot of them on the show but when I'm not on the show a lot of times what I go for is Aroma craft and I feel like I haven't done this brand justice hey it lit so by smoking enough of them on the show so th- tonight I'm dr- smoking the Neanderthal from Romacraft, craft which was a line that they released in 2012 this is the original size it's called the HN it stands for something I don't know what at the moment it does have an orange band, but it's not Nicaraguan. It's got uh, Dominican and uh, Dominican Olor Lajero. I don't know what that means. I just know that it's delicious. One of the things that's kind of neat about this cigar is the size. It is a five in or four and a half by 5258 so it gets bigger towards the foot and then has a slight taper on it so you get a whole lot of flavor and get a nice it it keeps the light really nice and even when you burn through the whole cigar so i finally had to go
1: to the sd dupont to actually get a light on my cigar tonight (laughs) it's bad when you've got to go to that level
0: because your lighter luck has been that bad all right so so far i've turned you on to the my father factory since we started doing this and now I've got you on a soft flame lighter what's going to be next? I don't know I'm hoping that you continue to enrich my life and in some (laughs) way that
1: I can enrich yours in return. Now you see the problem, I'm sitting here watching you cut that cigar and I almost said, are you cutting the right end?
0: Yeah, well see it's got a really flat I mean it's got, the cap on this cigar is so flat it reminds me of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air I mean it's just got a perfectly little flat top on it so it, it it does look like you're clipping the wrong end but it's got a really nice constructed cap it's got a you could really just shave the tip off of it which is what i really like to do and i'm really looking forward to getting this lit up
1: so as we're recording this we both just got done with the 4th of july i believe tuesday is the worst day of the week for the 4th of july to fall because it's like i had two mondays this week it's like i had a monday And then I left on Tuesday, and then I came back, and Wednesday was like
0: another Monday. See, I look at it differently. I had two Fridays this week, because Monday was also my Friday. And I I swear, Monday at work was the fastest day. I I felt like, you know when you were in grade school and the last day of school is a half day? That's how it felt on Monday going into the 4th. We closed the office early. I got a lot done, and I felt like when I left that it was noon, even though it was 4 o'clock. And so it came back Wednesday, and then today, today being Thursday, is a Friday again because I'm off tomorrow. I'm headed up to New York. So it's been a really easy week for me. I can't complain at all. The life of the Playboy
1: cigar podcaster, Trey. <laughs> he tours the world. He just got back from Florida,
0: and now he's headed off to New York. I wish I was doing something a little more fun, but it's still good to get out of town.
1: Well, it's good to get out and get to unplug, even if only for a little bit. Exactly, anything to get you out of the regular rhythm. But so, what did you smoke on the fourth?
0: Let's see. On the fourth, I smoked a uh, Camacho Ecuador. That's what I smoked. Um, I was hanging out with my family, so I don't usually smoke a whole lot of cigars when I'm doing that just because they're not big smokers. And we've, we had the kids were around and stuff like that. So I'll tell you, I was actually a little bit of a bad kid. I smoked a um, American Spirit Black. I picked up about three, about a month ago, actually, I picked up a pack of American Spirit cigarettes, the the Black Box, which is the Perique, which any of our pipe smokers will recognize that name as a type of tobacco. It's one of those. If I don't have time for a cigar, if I'm somewhere that doesn't allow cigar smoking, I can enjoy it as much as I do, as or almost as much as I do a cigar. And so I've. This is the same pack I've had for a month. So I, I smoke maybe two a week, but it was a it was a really just nice short kind of smoke on the way into town. So I, I cheated on my cigars a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, but those that's a
1: pure tobacco cigarette, mm-hmm. isn't it? It's not like a Winston or a right anything
0: like that it's a pure tobacco cigarette pure and organic as well and so you don't you get the tobacco flavor which is really nice and it burns a little slower for that reason as well it does have a filter uh which a lot of my friends that smoke these actually pull the filter out before they smoke i don't i just then i have to admit that i'm smoking a cigarette if i take that much (laughs) time and effort you put that much work into exactly i can
1: understand that so we came Saturday, or Tuesday, I worked a little while, and then we came up here um, to Crown, and all the guys were sitting around and they were smoking Monty A's. Oh, yeah? And I love the A size the I extra do too. long, the cooler smoke. So I sat here and smoked an A with the guys, which was excellent.
0: That's a, that's a good cigar for, for a special day.
1: Yeah, it was one of those days where everybody was kind of cracking open their humidor and getting out their special, you know, their special cigar that they've had laid back for a special occasion. If I had known, I'd have brought some of my Cuatro Cinco's from the original um, 4,500 box release. Oh, wow. I have a box of them that
0: from that original release. Yeah, I really like the idea of setting cigars aside for a specific occasion or a special occasion. You know, I talked last week about smoking Opus on around Christmas, and there's I don't really have a a Fourth of July go-to. I guess the Cao American would be a good one for that. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to stay, if you want to stay, if you want to be a little on the nose, yeah, in the genre. So I got to say though, the Fourth this year was really interesting, just because I had something. I don't Tell me, this is not cigar-related at all, but I was in charge of lighting off the fireworks for my family this year. The mortar rounds became popular about probably a decade or, or more ago, maybe closer to 15 years ago. Have, I think they're making them louder just for the sake of being louder.
1: You know, I noticed that they were shooting them off around my house, and you could
0: actually feel a pressure change when they went off. Hey, I was down there, I was lighting them off, and of course, we get a s- several and we're going. I mean, I, we, we do it right. I've been doing it enough years that I've gotten where I can time it so that they're continuously going. And it gave me a headache. It was so loud. I, I've never had to wear earplugs or, or you know, anything before, earmuffs, whatever. And this year, I, I will never do it again without earplugs because it was painful. And then I get home, and I've talked about Oscar, my dog, on the show before. He's a big dog. He's 95 pounds. Storms, people around. He doesn't care. He's, he, he can handle anything. the I live in an apartment complex. I swear someone was lighting fireworks in the parking lot. It sounded like someone was tapping the glass on the on my window with how loud it was so close that oscar who's normally not phased by anything he normally sleeps in the bed with me but just sort of on his side just kind of curled up he was on top Uh, i could not cuddle him enough i thought he was going to split me open like a tauntaun and crawl inside me like luke skywalker (laughs) well you know we um we have the new puppy Mm
1: -hmm. and all he's now had his 11 week he's 11 weeks old and he's you know comes from a long line of duck dogs so I thought I had it made. All this fireworks stuff is people would be shooting stuff off. Ace didn't care. He just, you know, sat there, look up in the air and see if, you know, anything fell down. <laughs> but finally about 9 o'clock, I think everybody in my neighborhood decided to light off at one time. I don't know if they were coordinating it or what. And it did freak him out.
0: Yeah. Well, there was, I I think it's a combination of of the the extra loud that they've added to it, but it felt like more, I've heard people complain for years about all the people staying up way too late, shooting off fireworks and annoying the neighbors. Never run into that until this year. I think it was about 1 a.m. before they finally started shooting, stopped shooting fireworks outside my place.
1: Well, you know, and I never want to be the fun police. I never want to be that guy that calls and says, hey, you know, the neighbors are, keeping me up so
0: I, I really try but 1am is a little excessive and I mean and I can't complain that much because I was awake anyway watching the Tour de France so <laughs> it was what I have become quite the I have watched every stage so far and have intentions on continuing to do so for the rest of the two weeks it's been a really good race so far so I was trying to to get all the way through it was a 215 kilometer stage so it was about a five-hour race, and I started early in the morning, and it, was, it took me until about 12.30, 1 o'clock, before I finally finished.
1: Well, like, they all set off at once, but after that, by 10 o'clock, it settled down around my house, and it was okay, and Ace chilled back out and was just fine. So it, wor- it worked out all right for the 4th. But I had that Montier, and they got in the shop the new Camacho barrel-aged Nicaraguans.
0: Have you had one yet? I, I almost grabbed st- one for the show tonight.
1: I've had two, okay. and I really enjoy them. I enjoy the flavor of them. Um, it's kind of like my Fogata, but just a step down. Okay. the The, the biggest thing that's going to keep me from being a big time, you know, lover of that cigar is it's within a buck or two of the Fagata.
0: Well, that was what I was going to say, is that price point on that seems a little high for the Camacho line, although they've done that before with the blackouts up there a ways. The, the Dick has always been really expensive. Um, what was the double shock was the two-per-pack barber pole that they released that was about 24 bucks for two. So they've been playing with some higher price points lately. But to be that close in taste but also in price to the Fagata seems like they might— I don't know, it's it, two different marketing strategies between Avo and Camacho, so it may work out.
1: Well, and there's people that are going to, you know, there's shops that are going to carry Camacho that are not going to carry Avo and vice versa. Mm-hmm. But in a shop that carries them both, I'm probably going to reach for the Fagata more often than I do the the Camacho brand. Though. But very good cigar. Mm-hmm. Cannot complain about the taste of that cigar. Um, I was really surprised to see them. I didn't think we were going to get them in here till after IPCPR.
0: Yeah, I really didn't either, uh, at least the way Austin was talking. But, you know, I've heard some mixed reviews on it, people liking it, not like I'm definitely going to give it a try for myself. But it has been really fun um, you know, seeing all the reviews of a new barrel. Because I haven't seen, they've done a barrel age before, but I haven't seen one a new one come out in a while so i've been pretty excited about this
1: well and i really liked their american barrel age but again it's kind of one of those things okay to me a camacho should be four or five dollars cheaper than an avo
0: you're showing your cigar age there a little bit nothing's (laughs) four or five dollars cheaper than avo anymore
1: well yeah used to avo was way up there and everything else was kind of down now they've all kind of fell into line AVO just hadn't raised their prices and everybody else has. exactly but I don't know I've got to get over that part where I'm thinking about that but now on our canoe trip you
0: were smoking a Ecuador on the canoe also I was I love that cigar it's and you were smoking one when I got here this afternoon it's just I think it's the best cigar that Camacho makes right now it, I remember when it came out, I was repping in Atlanta at the time, and there were only a handful of shops that carried it. And so I called on those shops a little more than I did their neighbors just so that I could get my hands on one. I, I don't The Corojo is probably my second favorite. It was my favorite up until that point. One of the things that has renewed my love for that cigar is the BXP that they came out with. So they did a. Camacho recently released a box press version of Across Their Line. And I. Have we talked that, about this on the show before? That is the size that, that and shape that that cigar was made for. All of those blends do so much better with that little bit looser roll and the box press shape. And I'm not a box press fan. I'm not a gigantic box
1: press fan, but I, I say that all the time. And here I am sitting with a box press in my hand.
0: And last week I smoked a box press. You know, Austin gives me a hard time about that all the time. Because of how often he sees me smoke, like the Florida Los Antillas by my father cigars for the longest time was one of my favorites. I haven't smoked in a while. It might be my second cigar tonight. Um, you know, it, it's. I always find myself enjoying cigars that are box pressed, even if I don't enjoy. If 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 I have the option between a round and a box press, I'll usually take the round. But there are so many good cigars that you can only get in a box press, and I'm not going to let that scare me off.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm like you. All things being equal, I'm going round. But, and actually, I would much rather have a Torpedo than a Churchill, just because I like the way the Torpedo edge
0: concentrates the smoke. That, that is one area that I, if, if a cigar only comes in a Torpedo, I will just not smoke it. I don't like the tapered end of a Torpedo. It just, it doesn't suit my mouth. Well, you're talking about the Tour de France. Excuse me for a moment. <laughs> Got, got you thinking about a bunch of Frenchmen in tight shorts? Or? Something, I don't know. <laughs> but the um,
1: the Tour de France, see, I can't watch it because that's just too... I, I'm not good at passive
0: viewing. How do you enjoy the Tour de France? Sitting on my patio with a cigar. <laughs> so it's, you know, I've, I've done some triathlons. I, I ride my bike quite a bit. I, I really enjoy it. I've recently got back into it after almost a year off the bike. And there's something about the thing I like about bike riding is that it's a team sport with a single winner. So everyone on the team has a role and it's to protect their lead rider. So, you you know, there's a lot of drafting that goes on in the sport. So you're staying in front of your main guy so that he doesn't get winded so he can make the final. I mean, the whole race, it's a five hour stage. It could be done in 30 minutes because that's where all the action is at the end. But all the lead up, there's so much strategy involved that, that it makes it really interesting to watch, but I'm not a passive viewer either. I have to, I, I'm pretty much a hyperactive person myself anyway, so I tend not to sit still well. If I'm going to, I have to be, and this is true for Netflix, for baseball especially, I have to have something else. I'm usually on my phone or doing some work with it on the background or smoking a cigar, something else to keep me mutually engaged. Well, it's funny, because
1: with the exception of
0: wrestling,
1: I like to just sit and enjoy the story. You know, Game of Thrones, there's a million fan theories about this is going to happen and that's going to happen, and Gregane Bowl is going to happen, and, you know, one of the dragons is going to die, and all this. I don't know if you watch Game I've of Thrones. I've never seen the episode. Wonderful series. That's what I've, everyone tells me. Not a dud in the series. Can't recommend it high enough. But... I'm not one of those guys. I'm not one of those guys. It's like, okay, seventh season comes out the 17th. And I, I think one of the dragons is going to die. Or I think the white walkers is going to get so-and-so or I'm just not that guy. I, I would like, I'm happy to let the story unfold before me.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, but we've had so many conversations in this shop. I'm a little bitter. We've the new bartender here named Tom has finally usurped me on the throne of being the biggest James Bond nerd in the place I've been a James Bond nerd my entire life. I can tell you what year all the movies came out. The old ones, including you know going back to Dalton and Connery and and Roger Moore, and so I you know I really engross myself. But I've so that's one of those areas where I do do those deep dives and the fan theories and the behind the scenes. Um, but even I'm finding. Th- that's one area where I do that. Most of the things I'm the same way. I don't tend to, to get too outside of the story. Cause I don't want to know so much that it spoils my enjoyment.
1: Right now. I do that with wrestling. I will admit with wrestling, I'm always talking about, okay, they're getting ready to push this guy. And because they're going to push this guy, this guy's got to have this happen. And this guy needs the title. You know, I get into that with my wrestling. Mm-hmm. I will say uh, I'm not across the board, a passive viewer, but, um, I do enjoy, when I am going to do passive viewing, having a cigar in my hand. I do, but, but I also believe multitasking is a myth. I think multitasking is the act of doing two things at a time poorly instead of doing one thing at a time well.
0: Well, I, you know, it's funny. I deal with this a lot at work because there's that idea that multitasking is doing a bunch of things at once. And I, I kind of take a different approach to it, and it's doing... It's having multiple things going on at once and choosing which one to do. Um, I guess prioritization and multitasking, I kind of blur the lines on those two. So for, for, the passive, for that more active viewing type of thing, I can kind of understand you know, looking up IMDB while you're watching whatever it is if you're if, you know, trying to take a deep dive on something.
1: Well, and there's times that it is nice to, you know, play a game and watch something on TV and not really be engaged in either of
0: them. Absolutely.
1: But if it's something that needs to get done, I'm going to shut everything down and just do that. When I do a review on a plan, everything in the office shuts down. I don't even sit at my desk to do that because I want to be as uncomfortable and on my toes as possible when I'm reviewing that plan. Mm Mm-hmm. I
0: don't want anything to slip through the cracks oh i'm a very big fan of whiteboarding for that very if there's something that needs my full attention same thing get up from my desk go lock down a conference room and just put it all on a whiteboard so that it's got my full focus all my attention there's no emails going off there's no you know emergencies there's just me in that task there is something really nice about being able to set aside and engross yourself but I can't do that with cigars. Cigars are a social thing. You know, I'm when I, on the occasion that I am just going to sit down and really, truly enjoy a cigar, I'm still probably going to either be listening to music or talking with friends. That's not something that I can just shut the rest of the world out for.
1: See, me either. And I think part of it is the nicotine is a stimulant, and it kind of stimulates your mind while you're sitting there. Some of the greatest conversation I've had, I've had over cigars. Mm-hmm. After the show last week, we sat and played trivia with Jay for... I forget how long. <laughs> and just, just engaging our minds. Of course, he destroyed both of us. Mm-hmm. Well, of course. But it was American history trivia. <laughs> Which? If, we want, if we want to talk about the history of the intercontinental title, I could have took it. <laughs> I'm certain of that. But moving on. Coming back to cigars. Biggest announcement this week that I'm excited about is the new La Flor Dominica cigar being debuted at the IPCPR.
0: So I've seen that, but I haven't really read much about it. Tell me what's going on there.
1: Well, they're calling it the La Volcada, and it's after a tango dance move, which I, when I heard La Volcada, I thought it was, you know, volcanic tobacco or something. <laughs> but it's going to be a 7x48 Churchill. It's got a Mexican San Andreas Rapider. The thing's gorgeous. Oh, yeah. Ecuador, Corojo, and Dominican fillers. Pricing at 12 bucks. I mean that's that's a lot of cigar for the money and if LaFleur holds to their their standard practices, I bet it's gonna be a strong smoke.
0: It certainly looks like and that San Andreas wrapper brings a lot of flavor to the party and that's I've always been a big fan of LFD ever since I started getting into stronger cigars and more full bodied stuff and what I've noticed over the last few years is while they pack a big punch from a body standpoint. I haven't really found much in the flavor department that I find in other cigars. The the one I'm smoking tonight being a a perfect example of that. It's full-bodied, but there's also a lot of flavor going on. The Lenox that they brought out a couple of years ago, I would say, was their first sort of foray into bringing some of that flavor back. Now you pay for it, but that's okay. If a cigar tastes good and is good, then I'm all for paying for that. And I think this is kind of following in those footsteps a little bit as well, because as I understand, it's going to be a single size release.
1: Yeah, it is a single size release and they are debuting it at the show. Um, The Lenox, I was not a fan of the Lenox. It's probably the least attractive LFD on the market for me. I just, I don't care for that cigar. I bought one when we were in New Orleans and smoked it on the cruise boat and it just wasn't that good. It just didn't do anything for me. Hmm. But... I also like—I will take a sun-grown wrapper over a Maduro wrapper every time.
0: I will, too. I feel like even though it's not as dark or rich a, f- a wrapper or a flavor, I feel like I feel like you get more complex—I feel like it plays well with others. So, you know, we talked about the Perdomo sun-grown. I think they do a sun-grown better than anybody else because it just blends so well with the type and style of cigars— that they make and the tobacco that they grow. Well, and I've already spoke to Austin
1: to be certain that the new Underground Sun Grown is going to be coming to this shop after the show. Matter of fact, I may have voiced, hey, if there's an Underground Sun Grown sampler comes into your possession, one of them needs to wander into my locker.
0: (laughs) (laughs) If you smoke that before it gets to me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know me, I try to get ahead of the game whenever possible. There you go. Another big deal that happened this week. We took another step toward the FDA getting the exemption for premium cigars. And all the House Appropriations Subcommittee on Agriculture. Say that five times fast. Yeah, I hope that's one of those deals. I always feel like the more adjectives involved in a government office, the less important that office is. Probably so. But they approved the legislation this week. So we've now taken the second step toward getting premium cigars exempted it's still under the same um, guidelines we talked about last week so they didn't change the language or anything they just went ahead and approved that bill so what's the next step the next step that's a good question um and it's got to go to the senate okay yeah senate yet to be introduced legislation and there's been a lot of really good letters. Have you read some of these letters that these cigar guys have been writing to? I haven't. Um, a lot of really good letters talking about, you know, the studies that were done. Premium cigar smokers, less than 1%, which is statistically... Irrelevant. Irrelevant. Is kids. Nobody, no young guy is buying, you know, a 16-year-old's not trying to score an LFD.
0: Right. And that's been the argument the whole time is that all of this stuff is trying to keep, you know, they did away or they tried to do away with flavored cigars several years ago as being an entry point. But the thing is, people were going after flavored cigarettes. They weren't even going after flavored cigars as an entry point.
1: Well, and most teenagers aren't going to have the disposable income to go and, you know, throw 10 bucks away. Not to mention, you've got to go into an actual cigar place if you're going to buy a premium cigar. Now, you can order them online, but teenagers, not known for their planning ahead abilities.
0: No, very very much the case. So,
1: another good step this week. What have you got coming from the show?
0: Oh, I'm really excited. So, I, uh, fans of our Facebook page will have seen that I've shared this story the other night, uh, about the Calibri, of course, it's an accessory if I'm talking about it, um, has released, or they're going to release at the show, a new cutter and it's called the SV cut. And basically it takes the V cut that we all know and love and the S cut that I cannot say enough good things about and marries them into the same body. So it's got a single release. There's only one um, trigger release on the front, and that's on the V-cut side. But if you flip it to the back, it's got the same S-cut. That, and they're, just, they're in one unibody construction. The thing is, I, 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 I'm really excited about the idea behind this. I love that Calibri is innovating. That's what they're known for. That's what they're best at. But I can't decide if this is going to be Reese's where it's two great tastes that taste great together, or if this is going to be ice cream and pickles. You know, I I feel like this has the potential to work so well. In all of the promotional photos, and I actually follow the marketing director for Calibri on Instagram, and I've seen some pictures of it out in the real world, so to speak, but I've not seen any with the blade deployed. So I don't know what it looks like. It seems to me that there's going to be some air gap between the V blade and the straight blade, which to me looks like a perfect opportunity for tobacco dust and debris to get caught and jammed. Now, I can tell you as someone who has taken several of these cutters apart and put them back together multiple times, they are extraordinarily easy to do so. So if it comes down to if you're the kind of guy that likes to take things apart, fix and and clean, you know, if you're the kind of guy that likes to field strip his gun just for the sake of cleaning it and put it back together, the the likelihood of stuff getting jammed in this may not be a deterrent for you because it gives you an opportunity to play with it on a different level.
1: Well, and I was wondering, um, Jonathan and I were talking about that before you got here tonight. We was talking about that very cutter. And we were wondering if there was gonna be a plate between the two cutters, or if it was gonna open all the way straight through where you could still cut a torpedo.
0: You know, based on the pictures I'm seeing, it looks like the V-cut area is a little bit higher on the body. And the top of the V-cut hole, so to speak, is right in line with the top of the S-cut hole. So it looks like there could be a potential for a through cut there. If they do do a plate, then, I think you're going to run into the same problem that I have with the—I forget what they call it. I think it's like the S-cut, the perfect cut or whatever, the one that has the back to it, which is it just creates a little area for debris to catch.
1: Yeah, you know, they they tried to idiot-proof it, and I have a solid view on idiot-proofing anything. It's impossible because we're always actively building a better idiot. (laughs) One thing we excel at. I had a builder one time come to me and said, "Hey, I want to idiot proof my plans." I said, "I'll tell you what. Quit hiring idiots, and you'll make more money." <laughs> and he, you know, his his question was, "Well, where do I not hire idiots?" I said, "Well, you got one, me." But <laughs> but other than that, you need you know, we're not going to idiot proof your plans. That's not something that I do because you can't. No. And I think the cigar cutters go on the same principle. If you're trying to idiot-proof your cigar cutter, then yeah, you're probably chasing things in vain. But when we come back, take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk about the new Rocky release that I'm excited for that got a bunch of groans here at the shop. I'm going to tease (laughs) this. There was a lot of groaning went on when I told them about it today. And we're going to talk about some other life issues.
0: Excellent. Well, we will take a quick break and we'll be right back after this.
1: Shane here with your cigar etiquette tip of the week. When you find yourself in the shop and a new person comes in, if they're sitting at the bar just enjoying themselves, feel free to go have a cigar with them and get to know who they are and their story. But if you find someone sitting at the bar and they've got their headphones on and their computer in front of them, please don't interrupt their enjoyment of their cigar. Welcome back to the Cigar Cast. <laughs> I'm one of your hosts, Shane Reeves, and sitting here with Trey Deadman. We're sitting here smoking our good cigars. Welcome talking- back, everybody. Talking a little bit about life and love and the pursuit of fine handcrafted works of art from <laughs> South American regions of this world.
0: <laughs> um, I have a feeling you strung that together as it was coming out. That was, that was beautiful.
1: Well, af- after missing twice the start mark, I decided I needed to stretch it out just a little. <laughs> but, so I'm smoking the Alvo Nicaraguan. It's everything I remember. It's everything that I wanted this evening. It's just such a great cigar. If you haven't reached and grabbed one of these yet, by all means, get a hold
0: of one and enjoy it nice and slow. One of the things I'm really loving about this Neanderthal is how slow it's smoking. So often, I get in the habit of just going to town and just puffing and smoking really fast, and this one is forcing me to slow down. I'm really enjoying this.
1: Well, it's kind of always sad when you're sitting there smoking and you're in the middle of a really good conversation. You got about 45 minutes left on the conversation and about 20 minutes worth of cigar left.
0: And that's when you have to do that. All right, am I uh, to go get another one? Do I slow this? down? It, it becomes, yeah, absolutely.
1: You start trying to do the math. It's kind of like figuring out your pit stops in NASCAR. Right. <laughs> You're really trying to figure that out. So another, we talked on the first half of the show about the IPCPR going on next week. I was talking to Austin about that before you got here tonight. But Rocky Patel is re-releasing the 50th. Now, have you had one of the 50th? I have. I really enjoyed that cigar. That's probably my favorite Patel cigar, if all I'm judging it on is the cigar. Okay. Now it's a little pricey. It's it was always seemed to be just a little pricier than what I want a Rocky to be, but it is a premium product. But now it was originally released in 2011, and they're now re-releasing it in a red box. It'll be a 10-count box, and it's $21 a cigar before taxes. It's so about it's about what the there. old one was. Yeah, about what the old one was. Um, I was talking to them about it here at the shop, and there was a lot of grumbling because Austin has the original fiftieths here, mm-hmm. and the way he got them is he still had the box from the first release of fiftieths, and they that said he well,
0: bought for his private collection.
1: Yeah, and then they've just been refilling that box for him, so now he's kind of grumbling because he had that exclusively, and now they're re-releasing it. <laughs> But I think he'll survive so that the rest of us can enjoy the 50th.
0: That is a really good cigar. I definitely, you know, when I had it, it was a gift from Austin. So I wasn't really thinking about the price point too much. And so I was able to really enjoy it. And like you said, just take it, just basing it on the cigar itself. But I find that if I'm going to spend that kind of money, I think the cigar that really flies under the radar for being a great premium dollar cigar is the Perdomo Odysseon De Silvia. And at about 22 bucks, so about the same price point, I, would, I think I would rather have one of those. Well, and most people
1: don't think of Rocky or Perdomo, either one, of having a cigar over $20. Mm-hmm. Most people never... That never occurs to them that that's actually going to be on the market. Right. So when they see that, they're kind of a little... But I always look at it this way. If the cigar I want is $16... And the cigar I really want, twenty-one. Eh, I'm not going to miss five bucks in my day-to-day life, right? You know, so I'll go ahead and fork over the little bit of extra cash. But that's one of those cigars, like we were talking about for the fourth. You save that for a special occasion. Absolutely. You know, just got a promotion, just had a baby, things like that's where you where I always smoke that over twenty dollars cigar. Right. So that's coming out. That's going to be re-released. They're only releasing a thousand boxes of it. So still pretty limited release of that particular smoke.
0: Well, that'll be, that'll be nice that they're still keeping the quantities limited enough. I think Austin will probably be able to still keep some of his market share there.
1: Yeah, he should. If anything, it should improve his market right. share. It should make, the, make people say, okay, I enjoyed the 50th. Now I got to find somewhere where I can go purchase those. Right. But the 50th, good smoke. If you haven't had one, wait for a special occasion. Have it on New Year's Day have it on, you know, one of my favorite podcasts is the Adam Carolla show. And they have the Ace Awards every year, right at the 1st of January, right before Christmas, somewhere in there. Whatever day that's coming out, I'm actually going to take off work and sit on my back porch by myself and listen to that podcast and smoke a cigar.
0: That's always my favorite. I, I enjoy the show as well, and that's always one of my favorite episodes of the year. Yeah, when
1: they when they when just they do the Ace Awards and we were talking about flavored cigars because one of the other things that's coming out, we were t- not talking about it on the show. We were just talking about it in general. But they are releasing a new line of blondies. Drew Estate will be
0: releasing new blondies. See, that's a cigar that I've actually never had.
1: It's a flavored cigar. I mean, it's not bad, but it's you've got to be a flavored person. It's never going to be the cigar that, oh, man, I've had a long day. I can't wait to get a blondie. Right. But my brother, he loves the Cuba Cuba. You know, that's a great cigar, a great cigar for the money. They have it in the Maduro and the Connecticut, has a little bit hint of sweetness to it, has that sweet oil in it. I enjoy that particular cigar. So I'll probably try these. One of the new blondies they're releasing is a Candela. I'm interested to see how that creamy sweetness flows together.
0: So it's going to be the sort of, I hate to use the term artificial because it's a natural sweetness, but that kind of artificially added sweetness combined with the candela. So it's going to be like, uh, what, a mudslide? (laughs) Probably be something along those lines. I'm interested to try it
1: just from the standpoint of I love something different. I'm always going to be excited when I can have something different. But coming back, you and I were discussing this. One of the other things they're going to release at IPCPR is the new Quesada Oktoberfest.
0: I just saw that. I've always been a really big fan of that cigar. See, I've never liked it. It is one of the few cigars that I buy a box of every year. I know that'll probably surprise you, but for the last three years, I have bought a box of those Oktoberfests. And so far, in each of those three years, it has gotten better each time.
1: Well, the 15 I liked. The 16 I didn't care for at all. So, I'll have to see what the 17 does for me. But a quick review, I did smoke the 17 Opus X. I came here last Friday when they arrived and got behind the counter. I was actually one of the first person people here to get one.
0: We'll have to get you to smoke another one and do a full review on the show.
1: I, I don't know if I can smoke one while I do the podcast. I will say it was the most peppery Opus that I've ever had. Oh, I might really enjoy that then. It had a whole lot of pepper in it. So pretty good, just um, but a lot of flavor in that particular cigar. Interesting. Have you seen anything else at the ICP,
0: IP CPR? No, it's been a pretty quiet week for me in terms of news that I've gotten really excited about. I haven't seen much other than, like I said, that Calibri. I saw um, something the other day, but then when I went back looking for it for the show, I couldn't find it. So I'll see if I can pull it up while we're talking about our next little adventure here. Well, I want to talk for a moment
1: so people that listen to the show know that I have been really on this weight loss journey now for about three years. Um, all told, probably lost 100 pounds during that time and still got a long ways to go, still working on it every single day. But I feel like the universe strives for balance. And I feel like weight loss is the most unbalanced thing in the universe.
0: See, I disagree. I disagree. I think that the universe, I don't know, maybe it's me being a bit of a science nerd, but you're you are taught from a young age, physics talks about entropy, right? And so it's a const, it's constantly going to a state of less order. And I feel like that kind of flies in the face of balance, at least as I describe it.
1: Well, in my life, I've always attracted people to me that taught me the things I needed to know about myself. And to me, that is an issue of balance, you know, and if you have... Nature abhors a vacuum. If you have a really weak man, you'll have a really strong woman as his counterpart. And for some reason, weight loss just isn't that way. I literally cannot walk enough that I can't out-eat it. (laughs) And I don't know why that is. I I, I think that's what makes weight loss such a challenge for everyone out there trying to do it. It's just there's no sense of balance. It's so hard to get weight loss in balance and order.
0: You know, it is funny... Not to belabor the point, I feel like this is becoming uh, partially a bicycling podcast this week, but in watching the Tour de France this this week, they've been talking about that a lot because, you know, if you're on the bike for five hours, you've got to be constantly replacing what you're you're using, what you're expending. And they talk about how these guys, these elite athletes, they could not possibly eat enough while they're on the bike to replace what they're expending. So I'd imagine that... You know, throughout our day, yeah, we've got, you and I both spend quite a lot of time in our cardiac threshold, but there's that certain point where you still have to go to work at the end of the day that kind of helps compound that that part of it.
1: Well, and it's probably a result, um, a friend of mine and I were talking about this the other day, and this is kind of the only era in human history where the majority of people are just going and sitting behind a desk all day. Mm-hmm. And that is contributing to a lower quality of life from
0: a health standpoint. Well, you and I were talking on the river this weekend about how both of us have grandparents in our families who lived well into their 90s eating a breakfast of bacon and eggs and biscuits every single morning. And they, were, they both happened to be farmers. You know, they were from a generation where you woke up before the sun did and you didn't stop moving until you hit the dinner table after the sun went down.
1: Right. When it got dark was when you quit working. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a different, I just, like I said, I, I feel like balance is out there, but I have yet to find it in the realm of staying active, losing weight. And genetics plays such a huge role in that. It does your ability to lose weight, gain weight. You know, I, I don't lose weight easily, but I put on muscle really easily. Um, if I wanted to make a serious run at benching four hundred pounds, I could probably do it inside of a year.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Which, in your you know,
0: with your genetic build, that would be different. It would. I've always struggled. You know, when I when I played uh, high school football, I was the only. I was a freshman in high school. I'll never forget this. I was four eleven, eighty-seven pounds. I was the only person on the team under five feet and under a hundred pounds.
1: Well, the good thing is you could grab the ball and run under the center.
0: That's right, and make it to the end zone. 90%. I could surprisingly kick the ball a far way. I was a, I was a kicker. They did. I think they were afraid of me getting broken out there on any side of the field. So. <laughs>
1: Well, it's just, it, it amazes me. And I always like, I know this has nothing to do with cigars, but I do think the Cigar Cast is more than just cigars. I like to talk about life. I like to
0: hear what our listeners have to say about life. Well, it's like, you know, the other thing, when you talk, I look around my office and we're a pretty forward-thinking company. We're, we've been established for a while, but we still operate like a startup. Lots of unique and innovative ideas. And one of the things I walk around and I see, myself included, you know, the stand-up desk, the, the desk that convert from being able to sit at your desk or stand up. And then we've got the people that are sitting on the yoga balls and that have the little pedal things under their desk. And we're doing all these things. I would just, I'd love to know what George Washington would say, <laughs> you know, if he's walking around these modern offices and seeing people do all these weird things, just just try and stay active in this world that we've created for us.
1: I feel like that if someone from 50 years ago came here today, the, most, the thing they'd be most amazed about is the price of coffee. When did coffee get to $5 a cup?
0: It used to be free just about everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> At one point, you could just walk in anywhere and grab a cup of coffee. Now it's a commodity.
1: Yeah, now they d- design convenience stores around, here's where we're going to sell the coffee, mm-hmm. and let's build a convenience store around that. Just kind of blows my mind that our culture has shifted that way. But talking about flavored coffees, so I'm just a theoretical thing. What do you think if you could make any flavor of
0: cigar? What flavor would you like it to be? Ooh, that's a tough one. Y- you know, I had someone, I had someone ask me the other day what the best cigar to pair with a milkshake would be, and that was just the most strange thing that I've ever been asked as it applies to cigars, but you know, I've noticed something in myself since I, I cut out drinking a month ago, and I was always a big beer guy, and so it was all about bitter flavors, and I've pretty much, I still have black coffee in the morning, I still really like, you know, leafy greens, things like bitter flavors, but that was a big part of my diet from a bitter standpoint, and so now that my, now that I've cut that out, my body has kind of swung the other way to the point that i've developed this unquenchable sweet tooth and i've never been a big sweets guy but now i've got uh, waffle cones and ice cream in my house at all times just in case the mood hits me so i've been thinking back about that uh, a cigar that would pair well with the milkshake now sounds amazing
1: <laughs> see i i I just... I would drink the milkshake and I would enjoy the milkshake and then 30 minutes later I would enjoy the (laughs) cigar. But when I smoke cigars, I like to just enjoy the cigar. I don't generally pair my cigars with anything. Now, a lot of guys pair it with certain teas and we'll do a whole show one day on how to pair it with teas and how to pair it with other different flavors. But... Mm -hmm. You know, they have these steak dinners where you're actually eating a piece of steak and taking a puff of a cigar. That just does not seem exciting to me.
0: See, I do miss the days when you could sit at the table and smoke a cigar while you were waiting for your food and then pick it up and smoke it immediately after. And there's still some dive bars around here where you can do that, although the food is not exactly steakhouse quality. Uh, but the idea of smoking through my meal does not appeal to me at all.
1: Yeah, it just its not my, my cup of tea. Pardon the pun. <laughs> And all. But if they asked me, Shane, what flavor of cigar would you like Drew Estate to produce? Cinnamon Toast Crunch Milk. <laughs>
0: the mil- just the milk left over at the end of the bowl.
1: Right. Don't want the Cinnamon Toast Crunch. I just want the milk at the end of the bowl. That, to me, is the greatest. That's the king of flavors to me. I would love
0: to know how that would marry with the idea of smoke. You know, I think of that being so sweet. Uh, that it would be hard to... But this is coming from the guy that just said milkshake, so I guess I really can't belabor the point too much.
1: Well, and my wife, she always says that the tobacco is like smoking a Snickers bar. Huh. Because it has that deep, rich, chocolatey flavor, and she really enjoys it. It's just, she says it's like smoking a Snickers bar if you could keep a Snickers
0: bar lit. Well, I did have a uh, part of the Nub Cafe series recently, and the Nub was a cigar brand that came out and was really white hot when they first it was kind of what led to the big ring gauge trend that we saw a few years ago and then when they came out with the cafe series i i had i think it was the mocha so it was their darker maduro i gotta say as not a fan of flavored cigars that one really i think knocked it out of the park those were really good when they first came
1: out but it seemed like the later releases just weren't as good
0: I think I only ever had the one so I couldn't really speak to the the later releases but I could yeah unfortunately that happens with so many cigars.
1: Yeah, they get a big hit and then they start producing them really quickly and you know famously for me is the Casa Magna Colorado Robusto. It won Cigar of the Year and they were amazing but every every shipment they got worse and they yeah. got worse and I haven't had one now in you know 2 years because it's just the, the quality just fell to the point that I couldn't tolerate it.
0: Well, speaking of quality, quality doesn't always equal price. Let's talk about this week's Cigar Under $8. Hit the accordion. I've got, <laughs> I've got a really interesting story. Uh, you know, Shane usually brings us the Cigar Under $8 every week, but this week I had an experience with one. So I, I rejoined the poker game for the first time a couple of weeks ago, and so part of the haul were three Oliva Reserve Connecticuts. Now, I am not a big Oliva fan. They just, they're a lighter cigar. They don't really fit my palate. They're really well constructed, but it's never been something that I lean towards. And furthermore, I'm definitely not a big fan of Connecticuts for that very same reason. Well, so last night, I get home from work and I'm about to queue up the Tour de France and sitting on my back porch and I light up one of these leave of Connecticut's just because it's what I have. And the one I was smoking was the Churchill. So it was about seven by 50, I think. And I'll tell you what, I smoked that thing to the nub and enjoyed it so much that I lit another one up right behind it. I loved that cigar. It it's one that I will now venture towards. It's one that I will now go in the humidor now that I know how much I like it and I will pick that out. It pairs really well with coffee. Um, Something about, there there was more spiciness, there was more flavor to it than I was ever expecting. And so pairing that with you know, black coffee, bitter French press coffee, which is what I drink. They went really well together. It was, and I smoked another one on the way to the show tonight. I mean, I cannot get enough of this cigar right now. And I mean, it's just shy of eight bucks. I mean, after tax, you're probably going to inch over the $8 line a little bit, but I cannot say enough good things about this cigar right now.
1: Well, you know, our poker game, the rule is that you ante up with a cigar over $8. And that's one that slips into the pot fairly often, and I think it's like seven sixty, and then after tax they get to the eight dollar mark. <laughs> and all, again, I'm I'm not in the business of being the fun police. If it's close, it's close. I won't grumble about somebody doing it as long as it's not a back route. You're good. Well, if they put a back route in, I wouldn't complain. <laughs> like I said, like I talked about last week, I really do enjoy the back route. But yeah, that's a good cigar under eight. It's also a good introductory cigar if you're mm-hmm. just getting into the biz, you know, into the cigar lifestyle.
0: And I would say, especially with the flavor that I got, maybe it was just my palate was in the perfect place for it yesterday. I, although I enjoyed it just as much today on the way down here, it's. I think it would make a perfect second cigar because of how much more flavor it brings to the party. I think, you know, we talked last week about, you know, the Rockies and the Perdomos as being a great entry-level Connecticut cigar. This one, I think, builds on that principle a little bit, gives you a little bit more, starts, starts to open your eyes to what's possible out of a Connecticut cigar. It's still not as good as the San Cristobal Elegancia, in my opinion but it was just, it really opened my eyes to a cigar that I probably have walked by in the humidor so many times and would never have picked up on my own, but it, it definitely opened my eyes.
1: Well, the other cigar coming out, the IPCPR, that coming out, it's going to be a very good cigar. We spoke about the Underground, Sun Grown. I think that's going to be very good, and then the... Um, the new Oktoberfest is coming out, so I'm glad that you're excited about that because I'm not really, I'm not an Oktoberfest guy, but I'm not a Casada cigar guy.
0: And we don't really get a whole lot of them in here, so I don't know if I'll be able to get them from Austin or not, but it's, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Uh, Bell Mead Cigars up in uh, Nashville tends to do an event around it um, every year, so I'll probably head up there and hang out with those guys to get my box this year, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's one of those that I'm not a huge fan of the rest of their line, but something about that, you know, early fall, you know, palette change that I undergo, it just tends to really suit it. Well, and me, it's priced really well.
1: Yeah, the pricing on those is excellent, which I think I may have to break down and buy my first box of Crown Heads product. I may have to go ahead and purchase a box of the 2017 Las Calaveras.
0: Ooh, it is a
1: banner day. That's just a cigar that... I came in tonight and Bo was here and he was smoking one and I thought, man, that looks good. It is good. Those I've smoked two of them and I've enjoyed them both immensely. I may have to break down for a box purchase there, <laughs> but that would be the first box of anything from Crown Heads that I have ever
0: purchased. Well, Shane, both of our cigars are getting right around down to the fingertips, which tells me it's probably about time to call it a night. Uh, I do want to thank everyone for listening and remind you that you can reach out to us if you have ideas for the show segments or topics for future shows. You can email us infothecigarcast.com or on slash thecigarcast. And as always, we're on Twitter and Instagram at thecigarcast.
1: Thanks, everybody, for listening this week, and we'll see you next week.